and welcome to this Endo Life episode 135. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an Endo Warrior, an Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community they're getting loads of feedback about it and you know if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb. Um, so, you know, if you're on your period or if you're in pain, you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them. I don't know, you could have multiple if you want. Um, and then yeah, get out the bath, maybe rub in some CBD balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk. And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Some of you who you know have been following me for a while may be aware that I've been recently treating SIBO well I say recently I've been treated SIBO since October and that I did the elemental diet and I did the elemental diet I started on April the 19th and I finished on May 3rd and here's a surprise for you I'm back on it (laughs) um I know I never saw myself being back on it again so soon it was something that I thought that I might do in the future if if I relapsed and if I found it useful to do. I certainly didn't see myself doing it two weeks after I had finished it. And honestly, I don't think my brain and body has caught up with the news yet. It doesn't really feel real, but I'm on day three and I'm doing really well. And I'm going to explain to you why I'm back on it at the end once I explain how it all went, and I'm going to kind of give you a little bit of a comparison between the two as well. So today's episode is about how I found the elemental diet. And this is super important because we, you know, there there needs to be more research done. But at the moment, research is indicating up to 80% of people with endometriosis have small intestine bacterial overgrowth. So As a result, you know, I think it's really important that we talk about it because it can have really far-reaching effects on the body and it can certainly impact endometriosis and the symptoms. So just to recap, the elemental diet is one of the forms of treatment for SIBO. The two other forms of treatment are antimicrobials and antibiotics. And a SIBO diet is not a form of treatment. So the elemental diet is not a diet. I'll explain what it is in a minute, but it's not like a diet as in terms of like, um, you can do the SIBO biphasic or you could do the low FODMAP for SIBO or you could do the SIBO specific food guide. It's not one of those. And those diets, they're not a form of treatment, but they're rather a supportive therapy um, alongside treatment. So the elemental diet is a powdered formula with all of your calories and nutrients in a pre-digested state so that your body can absorb your nutrients immediately instead of taking time to digest them. And what this means is that you get fed, but the SIBO or the the SIBO um, archaea or bacteria starve because there's no time for them to feast on your food during digestion. And that's when the problem occurs, right? And it also allows your gut the chance to heal because it's not having to do, you know, all of this work digestion, digesting food. And so for this reason, the elemental diet is also used for people with severe gut health conditions like Crohn's disease, malabsorption, celiac disease, ulcerated colitis, and in hospitals for patients who can't eat 
or who are really, really unwell and they need to get some nutrients in them. So it's a very, very safe formula. It's well studied, it's well researched, and it contains everything you need, both macro and micronutrients. It's very safe. So when I say pre-digested, what that means is that you're getting your food in its simplest form. It doesn't mean like someone's chewed it up for you (laughs) beforehand. Um, So for example, when we eat carbs, our body, our, our digestion breaks the carbs down into their simplest form, which is glucose. When we eat proteins, they break down into amino acids. And once they're in these simple forms, they can be absorbed through the small intestine wall into the bloodstream. So that's what we have in the elemental diet. Everything is in its simplest form. That is included in the form of oil. And depending on the formula, you may get that. Um, You may need to add oil or it might already be included in the formula. So with the formulas, most of the carbohydrates are coming from glucose. But there are some formulas that use maltodextrin. um, And that needs to be broken down into glucose for the body to absorb it. However, it's still a simple sugar. It's a short chain of glucose, so it doesn't take long to break it down into single glucose molecules. It's a very quick process. It just needs, you know, it's just not as instant as glucose. And this is sometimes preferred because it doesn't cause too much of a dramatic spike as glucose because of this slightly slower absorption rate. And that's going to be, that's really important. I'm going to get into blood sugar in a bit, but you know, you guys know I bang on about blood sugar all the time. If you aren't quite sure as to why this is important, I would go back to my episodes on blood sugar. Now, there are two types of elemental diets that you can get. The standard elemental, it's just called the elemental, and that's just kind of standard one, or the semi-elemental. So the elemental diet, the standard one, The form of protein is from amino acids, but the semi-elemental diet contains peptides, which are chains of amino acids. So they need to be broken down into single amino acids. So some digestion needs to be done, but not a huge amount. Now, this is less of a concern for SIBO, as SIBO mainly eats carbs, not amino acids. But if you're doing the elemental diet for a complete gut reset, you may want to just have a little bit of a think about whether you want a full elemental diet or a semi-elemental diet. Having said that, only the full elemental diet has been studied for SIBO in research, but there are plenty of semi-elemental diet formulas out there that have been designed for SIBO by gastro and SIBO doctors and researchers, and people still have had great success with these formulas. And in fact, I've seen a lot of articles and blog posts advocating for semi-elemental diets. So I've linked to an article for you to read more about that if if you're interested. So I went for a semi-elemental diet because it was the only one that was available to me in the UK. Unfortunately, a lot of the formulas are based in the US and the the pricing was just way too much for me to get them shipped over because you have to buy a lot. So I went for a semi-elemental diet. So in terms of using the elemental diet for SIBO, the elemental diet is the only source of food that you're having for 14 to 21 days. So you only drink the elemental diet and water, nothing else for two to three weeks. And so two weeks has been shown to have an 80% success rate in eradicating SIBO and three weeks has been shown to have an 85% success rate. So it's not a huge difference, um, but, you know, for some people that's, that's worth doing the extra week. On average, it reduces gas levels by 70 parts per million. But um, in some cases, it has reduced gas levels by up to 150 parts per million, which is incredible. So... If your gas levels are high on your test results, so when you get, if if you haven't been tested yet, when you get your test done, it measures your gas levels in parts per million. So they can't currently measure the bacteria and the archaea that cause SIBO. That would be a very invasive test. 
Um, so instead, what they do is they measure the gas that is made by these specific bacteria and archaea. So they're measuring methane, they're measuring um, hydrogen, they're measuring hydrogen sulfide. And these gases are measured in parts per million. So when you get your test results, your results will be in parts per million. So say you have 100 parts per million, reducing your parts per million by 70 is, is pretty attractive, right? Um, it means you can get through the treatment quicker. Um, so if your gas levels are high, this could be a great option as the antimicrobials and the antibiotics reduce by 30 parts per million on average per round. So it could save you money in the long run. However, it is the most challenging form of treatment and it's very expensive. So it can cost from 600 to a thousand pounds. So now you're more familiar with what the elemental diet is, I want to kind of share my experience of the of it with you so that if you do have SIBO with endo, which is very common, you can make an informed choice. If you have bloating or IBS issues, but you haven't been diagnosed with SIBO yet, like you haven't had a test, I really recommend going back over my episodes on SIBO and my series on the endo belly to understand more of what I'm talking about because this, this episode isn't really going to be helpful for you until you've got kind of some context on SIBO and some background on SIBO. Okay, so I decided to go for the elemental diet because it often takes rotating through different treatments to have success with treating SIBO. I had done three rounds of antimicrobials and I was seeing slow but steady progress. Now, on average, you're looking at a minimum of three rounds of treatment to treat SIBO. So this wasn't surprising to me. I didn't expect to have the all clear by the third round at all. So my most recent test before I tested again following the elemental diet showed that my methane had almost gone. It had almost gone completely. It had dropped from 24 to 7. Now, for someone who had no constipation, that would be considered as a negative for methane. But after my treatment, I was having constipation, which indicates that some methane is still present. So if you have three, if you have above three parts per million with constipation, then that is considered a positive because constipation is the, um, one of kind of the leading symptoms for methane. So if someone had low numbers, but they had constipation, we would consider that as a positive has, has to be above three parts per million though. Um, if you are above nine parts per million, that's a positive for SIBO. For methane, that is. So I'd gone from 24 on methane to 7, um, but it was still positive because I was having constipation. Um, it wasn't severe, but it was unusual for me. But my hydrogen was up from 40 to 63. And this is not unusual as, um, and it's actually a really great sign because the methane producing microorganisms called archaea use four hydrogen molecules to make methane. So when Methane starts to lower, more hydrogen molecules are released. And so we can actually see what the true level of hydrogen is. And this makes sense for me because I've always been diarrhea dominant, um, which is the kind of leading symptom alongside bloating um, of hydrogen. So I always had higher levels of hydrogen. I just couldn't see it. You know, this is a great sign because hydrogen is increasing. So we know that methane is dying. Um, so I was really pleased about that. So I had 63 parts per million of hydrogen after three rounds of antimicrobials. And it seemed to be a good time to me to try the elemental diet. Um, because even though it's super expensive, I hoped that it would save me money in the long run. Because, you know, on average, it's 30 parts per million with antimicrobials or antibiotics. So I was like, I'm looking at at least two rounds of antimicrobials or antibiotics to get these this down, right? And I highly suspect that I have hydrogen sulfide and Dr. Alison Seebecker suspects that too. So did I want to, I have no idea what level my hydrogen sulfide is. I actually think it's quite severe. I can't test it because I'm not in the US. I can't get hold of that test. So as a result, I could have, who knows, 115, 140 parts per million of hydrogen sulfide. So using the elemental diet seemed like a safer bet because I could be continu continuously trying to treat with antimicrobials 
um, without having a huge amount of success with the hydrogen sulfide. And the antimicrobials really add up, um, especially now there's kind of more information about using antibiofilms um, to help shift the SIBO. So biofilms are like colonizations of bacteria and viruses and fungi that sort of create a film over themselves, like a, a mucosal film, and they're protected. So they manage to avoid treatment. And you, you need to shift that bi biofilm. You need to break it up in order to treat it. So it's now really recommended to use a bismuth biofilm. So bismuth is a form of um, treatment, natural treatment, um, to break up the biofilm so you can better treat. And so the best one is in the US and that's expensive to get shipped over and you have to take quite a lot of it. So, you know, I was looking at a couple hundred pounds per treatment round. Um, and that, you know, if that sounds crazy to you, I get it. Me too. I have always been pretty open about my finances. Um, you guys know that like I took a, I mean, I wasn't earning a lot of money. I was in charity, but I took a big pay cut for the amount of money I was earning about half. I halved my pay in order to look after my health and kind of change jobs and reduce my hours. And then obviously started, um, Nisendo life, which was, you know, for five, six years of Nisendo life, there was no, I wasn't charging for anything. I wasn't, I wasn't a coach. I, um, it was all just free resources. So I was working, you know, three, four days a week for, um, no income. So this was a lot of money for me because, you know, I'm still kind of building back up my financial well-being. So this, this is a lot of money for me. I used pretty much all of my savings and all of my income, except what was going on bills, food shopping and essentials with those previous treatment rounds. So it really has rinsed me quite dry, but I had made a decision before I started that I would take, you know, I would make the necessary sacrifices because I just couldn't keep living with SIBO. I'd lived with it since I was two. That's kind of my theory. And I just couldn't continue with the impact of it um, and how it was affecting my life. Um, and I think in the long term, treating it and, and making these sacrifices now means that I will be able to live the life that I want and work the hours that I want to work. And, you know, in the long run, I think it will be more financially better for me because I'll, I'll have the um, health to work in the way that I need to. And I think that, yes, endometriosis has played a role in the changes that I made in the past for my career, but I think SIBO was actually at the forefront of a lot of my issues, the chronic fatigue, the bloating, the anxiety, the depression. I think the SIBO was at the forefront and the endo was uh, a supporting, was playing a supporting role there. For me, it was, it was going to be worth the sacrifice and it, and it still is worth the sacrifice. Basically one, you know, I've done, I'd done the free rounds and I knew how much it was costing me on average. So I was like, mm, it's really not going to be that much of a difference to just do the elemental diet now. So, um, some of the formulas are, can only be ordered by doctors, which is a bit frustrating. So that really limited me to just a few, mainly Dr. Ruscio's formula and he's based in the US. I would love to try it, but, um, it was just way too expensive for me to get hold of once you added on the tax and the ship him. And then there's one available in the UK called Absorb Elemental, uh, Absorb Element Plus. And like I said, I did really want to go with Dr. Ruscio, but I just, I just couldn't, couldn't afford it. So I went for the Absorb Element Plus. And like I said earlier, it's a, um, semi-elemental diet. And I chose the vegan option as the other one is made of, um, whey. So it's got dairy in it. So that wasn't a great option for me as I can't tolerate dairy. And frustratingly, because I have histamine issues, I could only have the vanilla flavor. So they have the chocolate and the mocha and the non-vegan has other flavors too. 
but I literally could only have the vanilla. So I bought two weeks worth, which is seven tubs. And I also had, I also bought MCT oil as my fat source. And together I paid about 700 pounds, just under 700 pounds. And then I had some other small expenses to include, um, such as straws. I needed to get some straws. I got recyclable straws and I'll explain why you need straws later on. I was using ice. Ice is recommended. I was just filling up our ice tray, but now, um, for the second time around, I've bought a bag of ice. I'll explain that in a bit as well. And that w- those were the main expenses. Um, though this time I've also bought omega-3 patches. So basically supplements that absorb through the skin because there's no source of omega-3 in these. I'm not quite sure why, um, or maybe it's just this one, but um, I really want to make sure I'm still getting in my omegas. So I'm using these patches and I bought two of them to get enough um, of a kind of get enough of a dose. So I've added that as an expense. And if you don't have a blender, you'll, you'll need to get a blender as well, but I already had one. So I originally planned to do the diet whilst I was off as I didn't want to work through it. Some of you may know that I just had two weeks off. I came back this week. And so I had intended to do the diet during that time, but I had a number of clients reschedule their appointments um, prior to it. So it meant I ended up pushing back my break by two weeks. So actually the two week break I just had should have happened two weeks earlier. Um, but in order to make sure I saw my clients before, um, I was off, I had to delay, delay the break. So I wanted to be off so I could fully rest, but thankfully because I was winding down, um, work was generally a bit quieter. The course had come to an end, so I wasn't doing group calls anymore. Clients were quite spaced out. So it, the first week, was not as intensive as it could have been, which I'm so glad about. And I'm going to be honest with you, the first week was really, really hard. It was really hard. It was hard going about food um, and any hot drinks, but the hardest part was my blood sugar instability. That really, that was the kicker. The formula contained something like 63 grams of carbs per serving. And I was having that five times a day to get my calories in. And that's also the number of servings uh, the company advises you to have. So I was following that. It was actually giving me way more calories than I needed, but I was just following the recommendation on, you know, on the label. But that's not 60 grams of slow releasing carbs, right? It's not like 60 grams worth of carbs in the form of low glycemic vegetables and root vegetables and beans um, that are going to break down nicely and slowly and give you nice even energy levels over a couple of hours. This was carbs from their simplest form, from glucose. So I was just having these surges of blood sugar. So basically I was having 60 grams of sugar, right? And that's equivalent to over a hundred gram bar of dairy milk. So I was basically having, it was like I was eating a hundred gram bar of dairy milk five times a day. So you can obviously imagine why I felt like crap. So the general advice that these companies recommend and that I'm also um, trained in is to drink the formula across an hour with small regular sips so that your body doesn't have a crazy sugar high and then a huge sugar low in response to the, the high. And again, if you want to understand more about blood sugar, then go to my show notes because I've linked to a couple of episodes and articles that I've done on blood sugar uh, and why it's so important for endo because it's super important. And I started out with drinking it over an hour, but my highs and lows were insane. My vision was blurring. I was shaking. I was absolutely drained of energy. I had a dry mouth. Um, I was waking up at 4 a.m. with blood sugar crashes. It, you know, I was thirsty. I I had the whole works. Um, I was starving. It really wasn't good. And I tried sipping over two hours and I still had the same response. I was having a tablespoon of the MCT oil with each, um, 
with each shake, which is a recommended amount, and that can help to slow down sugar release. So I upped the oil to try and slow it down even more, but the um, the oil on an empty stomach, it just made me feel really sick and gave me nausea and cramps, and I was up in the night feeling really unwell with it, which is quite common with um, oil on the elemental diet, especially MCT oil. So I had to go back down to a tablespoon. And I was noticing that about by 2 p.m., I was dropping in energy um, quite significantly. And by 4 p.m. every day, I by 4 p.m. I was exhausted and I would have to lie down. I was extremely lucky that I didn't have many 4 p.m. clients that week because that is a usual slot for me. But because we'd rescheduled, timings had moved around. So I was very, very lucky about that. So then at the weekend, um, at the weekend, I took a drink with me. I took a shake with me and we went for a walk. And I hoped the walk would help me to keep my blood sugar um, more stable because, you know, as I was walking, the glucose would be used for moving, for energy. But instead, the glucose was being used so quickly that though I didn't get a sugar high, which was great, I couldn't get my blood sugar up. So I felt very, very low the duration of the walk. And then we ended up going too far and I finished a drink before we got home. So I was seriously worried on the way home that I might faint. So we ended up getting a bus to get me home quicker. And I made a drink as soon as I got in. Well, my boyfriend made a drink as soon as I got in because I just, I didn't have, I didn't even have the energy to do that. And then I just had to lie down for an hour before I regained strength. And at that point, I just knew this wasn't sustainable. Blood sugar is such a big deal to me. And I know the risks of high and low blood sugar. I mean, I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to end up pre-diabetic by the end of this. It just, I just didn't want to risk it. So I had a super busy week ahead being my last week at work. And I just couldn't see myself making it through in this way. It really felt impossible by this point. The highs and lows were making me feel much more emotional about the diet and the crashes were leaving me starving. So I was finding staying away from food, even though I, you know, I I stayed away, but staying away from food just felt much more emotionally and physically difficult. I was like fantasizing about food. I was just so miserable and I was going to bed hungry. I was waking up with this low blood sugar, so I wasn't getting much sleep. And I just, I felt like giving up every day. So on the Sunday, I changed tactics. Um, I was, like I said, I was consuming way over my required calorie intake for my weight and height. And, you know, that was fine for me because I wanted to ensure that I was having sufficient calories. But this meant that I could afford to reduce the serving size a bit. So don't worry, I wasn't under eating. What I did was um, Dr. Ruscio actually has a calculator on his sales page for his elemental formula where you can basically put in all of your information about your lifestyle, your exercise, your weight, your height. And it calculates how many calories you need a day and how many servings uh, and, and how many servings you need of his formula. Now, my formula isn't the same as his one. So obviously I'm not going to copy the serving sizes, but it gave me how many calories I needed. And I cross-referenced that with medically approved calorie calculators and I got the same result for all of them. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to reduce to the amount that I need. And so instead of having four scoops per serving, which is the usual amount, the recommended amount on, um, on my formula, I was having two and a half scoops plus the oil five times a day. And I sipped it across two hours. So on Sunday, I tried a few different variations and I kind of would work out, you know, how do I feel after this one? How do I feel after that one? And by Monday, I'd settled on, okay, two and a half scoops, one tablespoon of fat, drink over two hours. And also I found that I wasn't great sipping like consistently, 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 small sips, small sips, small sips. I was actually better off doing like a couple of sips, leaving it for like 10 minutes, having a couple more sips, leaving it for 10 minutes, having a couple more sips. That was much better for me than constantly sipping because that was just like, 
I was just having this constant stream of sugar coming in and then I was crashing at the end. So it was much better for me to just do it in these little um, increments, basically. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. This episode is sponsored by my new free download, Natural Pain Relief Toolkit for Endometriosis. This four-page guide includes herbal remedies and teas that are in your cupboards already, safe pain relieving supplements, essential oils for self-massage, and much more. There's a method for everyone, whatever your taste and your budget. Some of the options literally range from 40p to £10, so there is a range of things to support you. And the chances are that you're going to have some of these in your house already. So I'm hoping that this is a really accessible toolkit for you to get started. You know how I work. I like to make changes from our foundations of health, you know, nutrition, lifestyle. It's not about slapping on a load of like pain relief and supplements um, and kind of masking the symptoms. But sometimes we need a bit of help to get out the pain so we can actually begin to make some changes and feel better. And these are the strategies that I use with my clients when they're stuck in the in a rut. They don't have the energy um, and they're having too much pain to actually be able to take the first step forward. So we just want to ease those symptoms, get them out of pain so we can begin this coaching journey together. So I'm hoping that if you're at this moment struggling to see the woods for the trees and get through some of your current pain, that these methods are going to help you. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes or just go directly to my website and the link is on the homepage. The difference was amazing. The entire following week, besides one day when I slept really badly, But other than that, the entire week, I felt so much better. My blood sugar was stable like 80% of the time, unless I left it too long between drinks and I, I got hungry. So as long as I kept up my schedule, my blood sugar was good. I stopped having um, so many nighttime crashes, like waking up in the middle of the night, my energy stabilized. And in fact, I almost felt more stable energy wise than I did off the elemental diet. It wasn't like I was high energy, but my energy felt more consistent. Like it was consistent throughout the day. And I also had this like strange Zen-like ability to focus. I could work solid for, you know, periods of time and totally forget about food. Um, I wasn't feeling hungry. I wasn't feeling distracted. You know, I couldn't forget about food the week before. I was always thinking about it and I just didn't even you know, I just wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't like I wasn't missing food. If it was, you know, if I was near someone eating food or I could smell it, of course I missed it. But when I was working, I was like in a zone. I was very, very much like on a roll um, that felt like a sort of laser precision focus. So, you know, some people say they feel amazing on the elemental diet. I didn't feel amazing, but I was surprised how good I felt and how much more clear-headed I felt in comparison to how I feel normally. And by the time it came around to the end, I felt like I could maybe push for three weeks, but I didn't want to put myself through another week for an extra 5%, so I didn't. I was still, you know, I was ready to eat. I was really ready to eat, but I was like, oh, you know, I, I could keep going if I wanted to. So the other thing that could have been making me feel unwell was die off. So die-off occurs when bacteria, fungus, or viruses start to die in one go. And as they break down, pieces of their cell walls, known as lipopolysaccharides, or LPS, or endotoxins, break off. And our immune system really hates them. So these pieces of LPS trigger an inflammatory reaction that can worsen SIBO symptoms or cause flu-like symptoms. 
And a classic sign of die-off is bloating, which I had like a classic sign of die-off with SIBO that is, is bloating, which I have pretty much all the time. And fatigue, which I had as well in the first week at least. And I really think the majority of my problems were down to blood sugar, but the bloating certainly was die-off. And that went away a few days after starting to eat again. I also wanted to talk a bit about bladder health and gut health. Some people experience odd changes in their bowel habits during the elemental diet, especially constipation because you're removing fiber and you're not you're not eating. But I'm surprised to say that I had a bowel movement almost every day, but the second week they slowed down. So instead of going to the toilet in the mornings, it was like the afternoon or evening. And of course they became much, you know, my bowel movements became much smaller. You may also notice that your stool changes color or um, smell and that's totally normal. And it's usually due, due to the fat um, and the vitamins in the f- formula. They end up making your stools pale or yellow. So don't freak out if that happens to you. That's that's normal. I also had a bit of trouble with my bladder when do I not? Um, But nowhere near as much as I thought I was going to have. I was really concerned that the B vitamins and the vitamin C in the formula would irritate my interstitial cystitis, as this is common for those of us with IC, right? Vitamin C and and B vitamins, as in the supplements, not the foods, can aggravate IC. And this is my past experience as well. I, I can't take oral supplements, supplements that are going to go through my digestion that include vitamin C and B vitamins anymore because of my bladder. So I really anticipated that this wasn't going to be great, but I didn't really experience any real changes for better or worse. I don't think, I mean, I certainly used my BU patches at night more than I had been, but because I had started to need them less frequently, my bladder is like slowly improving. But I always sort of compare my pain back to when it was super, super bad at the beginning of last year and I barely slept, you know, at all for months. It wasn't like that, right? But once I put a BU patch on, I was falling asleep. So I had some extra irritation, but it wasn't um, unmanageable. But I did have a couple of really bad bladder nights once or twice a week. But the general trend is that that does happen to me anyway. Like I do have like a bad bladder night once or twice a week. I think it is getting less frequent, but it's not uncommon. So I wasn't really surprised and I I couldn't fully put, I couldn't say that that was just because the elemental diet. I will say that, I mean, I did have two awful nights and I was literally up every 15 minutes needing to wee and I had awful pain. But I was sort of able to work that out, that it was down to, I was drinking, when that happened, I was drinking a formula just before bed. So I was having like water and also the vitamins, right? And so I was urinating a lot as I was going to bed and as I was trying to fall asleep. And then that was like irritating my bladder and irritating my pelvic floor. And it was stressing me out. And then pain was starting and the pain would start escalating the longer it went on and it just became a bit of a vicious cycle. The more pain my bladder had, the less it was able to hold. So it just escalated. And yeah, I mean, those nights I had like an hour, hour sleep or two hours sleep, something like that. So I was like, okay, don't drink just before bed. So I learned, I learned that the hard way, but I, I really didn't feel half as much discomfort as I thought I was going to feel. So that was, that was definitely a win. Weight loss can occur with an elemental diet up to 10 pounds. I didn't lose much weight, especially in the first week because I was eating, like I was consuming way over even what I would normally eat in terms of calories. But, um, I did lose swelling, especially around my face. I noticed that now, like if I was to lose weight, my face would probably be the last place I'd lose weight from, but I was losing swelling. I was losing kind of what looked like weight, but I think it was more swelling. And this is really common in people with histamine intolerance. They can have swelling. And I, you guys have heard me talk about it, like having swelling around my eyes. 
but also just generally, like my face has been puffier in the past, I don't know, two years. Um, I've always, always had quite a sort of defined bone structure on my face, but with the histamine problems, I've been a lot puffier and that really went away. By the end, <laughs> by the end of it, my face looked a bit skeletal because I'd lost a little bit of weight plus this loss of swelling. And I, yeah, it looked a little bit skeletal, but, um, and it was just, you know, I was gray in the face. I was just quite tired of it all. So, um, I didn't look too healthy, but I didn't lose, like I, I stayed at a healthy weight. you know, it was, that was all fine. And in terms of like on the emotional side of things, other than obviously the blood sugar ups and downs, I had one time when I cried. <laughs> so the weekends, so my boyfriend, I work in the bedroom and my boyfriend works in the living room. And so it was quite easy to separate like to be away from him when he was eating. So during the week, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know when he was eating unless I could smell, smell his food cooking. Um, so that was really helpful. But at the weekend we would try to like sit down together, you know, watch a movie whilst he was eating and I was drinking. But, um, when he brought a pizza in, I, I did cry a little bit and it wasn't because of the elemental diet on its own. It was more so the fact that, you know, once my SIBO has gone, um, and I anticipated it would have been gone by the end of this round, then I need to bring in the, um, prevention phase for three to six months, which includes, uh, for me, it wouldn't necessarily include this for you, but a low histamine SIBO diet. So the option for me is, a, um, the SIBO the low histamine SIBO biphasic, which is, which is really restrictive. Now, not everyone would need to do that. You can expand really quickly, but because of my complications with histamine, it does mean that I am going to be restricted for quite some time. So pizza is just totally off the cards. Tomato is just, just lots of things that I love are off the cards on even the simplest scale, not just like indulgent junk food, you know, just like cinnamon or having a bit of cumin or having some garlic or just small things that, you know, just add flavor to your meals. I'm going to be without like lots of, lots of spices I can't have. So it was not really because, you know, two weeks is two weeks out of my entire life of eating. <laughs> is not actually that much in the grand scheme of things, but it was more the idea of like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to eat pizza again. <laughs> Sounds so stupid, but when you hadn't eaten, haven't eaten for like, I think by this point I hadn't eaten in like 10 days maybe. And the sight of pizza just, just broke me a little bit. But other than that, I, I, you know, besides the first week, the second week was much, much easier. And Additionally, I found oral hygiene to be difficult. I don't know if you guys watched my story about when I started the elemental diet, but you can sometimes get oral thrush from the elemental diet. And because you're putting a lot of simple sugars in your mouth, so yeast can overgrow. So you need to drink it through a straw um, and brush your teeth after each, each drink. And you can use a mouthwash or you can actually use bicarbonate of soda. If you watch Dr. Alison Seebecker's videos on the elemental diet on her website, you'll learn how to, how to do that. Um, you can use bicarbonate of soda like a mouthwash and that is antifungal. So I was brushing my teeth after every drink and um, using the bicarbonate of soda formulation. But I already brushed my teeth multiple times a day because, um, I wear retainers to straight cause I'm straightening my teeth. So after every time I eat, I need to brush my teeth before I put them back in. So that was quite normal for me, but the, because I'm kind of drinking constantly, it is a pain to keep doing this mouthwash and making it up fresh every time. And I just couldn't get my teeth clean. They were really furry and I have like a really powerful toothbrush. My boyfriend's toothbrush was is a bit powerful than mine and I found that was better. I didn't develop oral thrush, but my the microbiome of my mouth certainly changed 
um, there was a film. Um, obviously, because the formula is like a yellowy white, my tongue did change color, but that's just kind of the staining from the formula. But even in the mornings, I'd wake up and I'd have this white film on my tongue. By the end of the day, my teeth would feel like I had like candy floss between them. Like I've only eaten candy floss about two times in my life, but I just like distinctly remember the feeling of like sticky sugar between my teeth when I was kind of biting down and that's what it felt like. And that was kind of really irritating, not the end of the world, but really irritating. I was very pleased to see the back of it because of that. And it sounds so ridiculous, but ice cubes were a pain. So just trying to get my ice cubes out of the tray, especially if I was like, like the first week when I had a blood sugar low, trying to like get the ice cubes out of the tray was just, I felt weak and I was hungry and it was like really frustrating. And then I only have one tray. So I was having to like fill up halfway through the day. So then when I was like trying to get out old ice cubes, the other ones were kind of coming out because they weren't fully like um, formed, like they weren't frozen yet. So then there would be like water everywhere. It was just a bit of a pain and it would just take longer to do the shake. And it sounds very minor, but when you're doing that multiple times a day, it's just like, oh my God, I'm so sick of ice cubes. And that's why I'm using the, the ice bag this time, why I bought a bag of ice because it's so much quicker and easier. And it's emotionally taxing, right? As it is, I just didn't need anything else frustrating me. I will say that another thing on a, on the emotional level is that this elemental diet and coming off it coincided with the easing of lockdown restrictions in the UK. So, you know, Instagram was full of people going and having meals um, or going to the pub or going to the coffee shops. And that was hard to see to a degree. I'm pretty good at self-soothing or, or having perspective and being like, well, you know, we're, you're in a different place than they are. Um, you're doing this for your, your long-term health. So I was able to kind of reason with myself, but it was still frustrating to see. And, you know, I was having a couple of people contact me to meet up and it's just not, I, I really can't do that right now. I can't travel very far without the formula because I'm drinking so frequently and also you can't have the formula out of the fridge for more than an hour. So, and I'm drinking mine over two hours, but I'm keeping it really, really cold with ice. It's the only way I can do it without, well, yeah, without having these blood sugar spikes. But um, you're supposed to discard it after four hours. So you can have it for an hour out of the fridge. Then you need to put it in the, in the fridge and it can stay there for three more hours. So it can be basically after four hours, you need to discard it. So it's not like I can make up a formula and take it with me on the go. It's, you know, I can do that for like an hour, but after that I need to, I need to be home. And I just walk in on this isn't, I'm finding walking on this quite taxing. So like half an hour will come okay, but like an hour, like it's just, I'm a bit tired when I come back. So that was and still is hard, especially because I've gone, you know, I've been working really, really hard previously on the course. So I haven't had any social time at all. So it would be nice to be able to go and do these things. But all of my friends are in London and I'm in Margate, so it would it would need to travel in. And to be honest, at this stage in time, it would be really hard to talk to my friends and have like a a normal conversation when I'm going through this. I just feel quite like I just want to be more, um, I want to be a more by myself, really. I think I would find it difficult to communicate this experience to people who are, you know, very able-bodied and don't have chronic conditions as most of my friends are. It's different when I'm talking to my friends with chronic conditions, but you know how you feel when you don't eat. <laughs> and I think that my, I think I would probably be more emotionally triggered having conversations. And if someone said something that didn't quite sit as well with me, 
whilst I was going through this, you know, they commented on, you know, oh, it can't be that hard or, or whatever it is. I just, I think I would find that quite difficult. So I don't mind, like, it's probably best that I can't like physically see people right now. But of course it's like, oh, the world's opening up, but my, <laughs> my world is, is quite small at the moment, which is fine. It's not always going to be like this. Right. So those are kind of the areas that I wanted to highlight and are kind of woven right tips into it to see if they help you. I will say if you buy the Dr. Ruscio formula, his carbohydrate quantity is something like 30 carbs per serving. So blood sugar wise, you'll probably be much better off with the Dr. Ruscio one than with the one I did, although we all respond differently. Um, and I have very sensitive blood sugar. So, you know, what I was doing in the end was basically replicating his formula. So if you were doing that, then you may, you know, I wouldn't, you probably wouldn't need to, well, you wouldn't need to half it, right? I had to do that for myself because I was having too many calories anyway. Not too many, but I was having, I didn't, I didn't need all of them. And it was the carbohydrate content was adversely affecting me. So it was best for me to lower my intake, but I'm not recommending you do that. But it could be something to consider if you are having like adverse effects with your blood sugar. If the carbohydrate content is really high, then you may want to tweak it. And I would say work with a practitioner to do that. Um, obviously I'm trained in this, so um, I'm taking myself through this, but this is a difficult treatment protocol. And I would really recommend working with someone if you can, or following a patient course or a patient book to take yourself through it. So in short, the second week was so much easier. So, 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 so much easier. I didn't mind doing it. I was desperate for food, but it was because the first week was so traumatic. So in contrast, I'm now on day three. And honestly, I just, I don't feel the impact. I'm, I'm copying what I did in the second week and my energy is stable. I'm focused. I'm not having highs and lows. I'm not waking up at 4, 3 a.m. Um, with blood sugar lows. I'm not going to bed hungry. I do still feel quite quiet and reclusive. I don't, I don't have much to say to my boyfriend. Um, I wouldn't say it's because I'm like grumpy or emotional. I just, I don't know. I just feel um, very focused on my health and my healing. And for some reason, it's just taken me a little bit insular. And we don't have the normal social times of eating meals together, right? That That's gone. Like we're not sitting down together to eat and talk which would be a lot of the times when we would interact more because we're, you know, we both run busy businesses. So, you know, eating together is one of the the um, key times when we get to talk and socialize and that's, that's gone. So in that respect, I feel like I am more quiet, but I feel good, really. I, I, I do. I feel, I feel fine. I'm not even really missing food that much. I'm kind of like, oh, this is a bit of a relief. Like, it's my first week back at work and I was a little bit concerned about how much cooking I was going to have to do on this biphasic low histamine diet because obviously I started it two weeks ago at the end of the last elemental diet and it is cooking intensive. I'm doing a lot of cooking all the time because I have to have everything fresh because of the histamine content. I can't have less leftovers. I can freeze things, but you can't, you can't freeze everything that's on the list. So I was a little bit worried about that. So I'm not having to do any cooking. So that's a definite bonus. And the first time round, I really wanted to take a very, you know, I wanted to see the elemental diet as a healing protocol, like a two week healing protocol and almost act as if I was in a spa and adding in lots of self care. And I didn't do, you know, I probably did like 10% of what I wanted to do because I was just so exhausted that first week. And then the second week I was just too busy. So I really didn't get to put in any other practices that I wanted to put in place to make me feel more supported. Whereas this time I am trying to, and I've been having magnesium baths every night. And I think that's really helped with allowing me to sleep through the night because I sleep much better after a magnesium bath 
because magnesium helps with that. But also magnesium helps with blood sugar stability. So I think that's also keeping me, helping me to stay asleep. And the kind of self-care rituals that I've put in place are a nice distraction from eating because, you know, instead of eating dinner and going and and doing self-care, instead of spending time eating breakfast, I'm doing facial massages in the morning and my physio stretches and meditation. So they feel... It, I, I feel much better doing it. I, I feel like I'm on a healing regime now, like a protocol, like I'm on a bit of a, I don't know, like a, a spa break, although I'm not. Obviously, I'm at work and I'm at home, but I'm kind of trying to bring in some of that. And so I would definitely take that into consideration, like putting in these moments of self-care when you can. Obviously, we've all got busy lifestyles, but even just the smallest amount so that you don't feel necessarily like, you're going through something really hard, but it, you feel like, oh no, I'm going through something that's healing. So it just feels so much better this time around. If it had felt like this the first time around, none of what I went through, <laughs> like I just don't, you know, if I had got my blood sugar under control the first week, I think my experience would have been so different. So that's my biggest takeaway. So why am I doing it again? Well, I don't know why. Um, I have a couple of theories, but my now obviously the average is 70 parts per million. That's not a guarantee, it's an average. My SIBO reduced, but it only reduced by half. So I went from 60 something to 34 or 33 parts per million on my hydrogen. My um methane oddly went up a tiny, tiny little bit to like 10 or 11. I think that is probably because I suspect it's because I have hydrogen sulfide and some of the hydrogen sulfide is dying and hydrogen sulfide bacteria uses hydrogen and methane to make hydrogen sulfide. So I think that I've seen a little bit of a rise in methane because the hydrogen sulfide is also dying. And that could also be why, could totally be why the hydrogen didn't go down as much because there was a lot of hydrogen sulfide to go. And so as some of the hydrogen sulfide was going, the hydrogen was kind of staying, you know, at a higher level. And normally, if I was working one-to-one with a client, I would not recommend that they do this two weeks later. But again, I'm trained. I know all of the risks, all of the side effects, um, all of the, you know, healthy ways to do this. I have been eating for two weeks. I'm still, I'm not underweight. I'm still at a healthy weight. I've worked out how to balance my blood sugar and feel good on it. And I had, um, because I reduced the amount of formula I was having in the second week, I still had tubs left. And I worked out how much it would cost me to do the antibiotic option or the antimicrobial option. And I just couldn't afford it. The cheapest option for me was to do the formula get two more bottles. All I needed was two more um, tubs and I needed another bottle of MCT oil. And that was going to be much, much cheaper than a couple of rounds of antibiotics or antimicrobials. So as I had it left over, and also the other issue was that, so you test when you, when you do your elemental diet on the last day, on the day after your last day, rather, day 14 is your last day. You take your SIBO test on day 15. And in an ideal world, you would get a 24-hour return on that test. We don't really have that in the UK. It is something you can get in the US. So if you were in the USA, you could get your SIBO test results back in 24 hours and you would know whether to continue for 21 days with your formula. We don't have that option here in the US, in the UK, as far as I have found. So I didn't get my test results back until Friday. And then I saw that I still had SIBO and I was like, right, I have three days to get all my treatment because you may know if you've listened to my previous podcast episodes that you have a two week break between treatment rounds and then you need to start your next treatment round because otherwise you'll start relapsing. You can push it by two weeks before the SIBO starts getting really active again. So I didn't want to 
you know, backslide on my progress. So I knew I had to start by Monday. And I spent all Saturday trying to find a way to get what I needed at an affordable price by Monday. And it it was just not possible. Some of the stuff I needed was from America, like the bismuth antibiofilm. And so I, there was no option. So I was like, okay, this is my option. I know what I'm doing. I've got the formula. So that's, that's what I had to do. I wasn't thrilled at the idea, but now I've started, I I actually feel fine. It sucks that I'm doing it again, but I feel fine. Physically, I feel fine. Mentally, I feel fine. When I walk past it that smells nice, it bothers me in the moment, but it passes. If I smell Chris making food, it bothers me a little bit. Um, but it does pass and it just it's just nowhere near as hard when my blood sugar's balanced and I'm not struggling at work in any way. I feel absolutely fine. So, you know, everyone responds differently, but, you know, hopefully some of this has been informative for you that you can kind of troubleshoot your experience if you're struggling with an elemental diet or kind of make a decision on whether you want to do it from what I have said. I will certainly do it again if I need to. I definitely won't do it again so soon. If this doesn't, if this round doesn't work, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and have a little bit of a think um, about what I'm going to do. I'll have two weeks to make up my mind very quickly, but I certainly won't be doing the elemental diet again um, because at that, by then I think, you know, I am pushing it. I really, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend three elemental diets in a row. And I wouldn't recommend doing two elemental diets in a row um, without consulting a practitioner. Obviously, I am a practitioner, so I'm consulting myself. So, yeah, so this isn't advice I would give to other people, but um, I've made an informed decision to do it. I won't do it again, but I certainly will do the elemental diet if I need to again in the future, you know, if, if my SIBO comes back. Really, really interesting experience. And yeah, I'm interested to see what my results say after this round. I would love to test for hydrogen sulfide. I think that's what we're working with. I think that's why it's kind of tougher to treat. And, you know, come if I had got the all clear at the end of my last round, I would have said that's normal. You know, free, free antimicrobial rounds in an elemental diet. Yeah, pretty, pretty standard. But the fact that the elemental diet didn't clear it as much as I had expected it would, would I'm sort of thinking that my te- my case is now leaning towards a bit of a tough case. And I know some of my colleagues agree with that. So um, I've been speaking to some of my colleagues. We've got some ideas about what I can try and what potentially, other than hydrogen sulfide, might be slowing down the progress. So I'll keep you updated. But obviously we'll see what the test results say first. So yeah, I hope this has been helpful and feel free if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to Instagram me about it. Um, I'd be happy to answer more questions or do a live about it if, if there's stuff that you still want to know. I really hope this has been helpful. I would love to hear your experience with the elemental diet um, and I'm wishing you the best luck with your SIBO journey. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.